I awakened to three very long text messages this morning. All three of them were from different people in the United States. All three of them had dreams last night, very pointed dreams about the coming of the Lord. We are at the door, church. This is it. We better get it right. Don't think I'm going to get it right later on. I'm going to wait a little while. I'm not ready for that yet. Or I need my whole Bible study finished first or, or any of that. Get rid of the excuses. Today is the day of salvation. If there's a doubt in your mind that you might not be ready, get ready today. We've got this opportunity. The trumpet hasn't sounded yet. It might, it might sound before 4 o'clock today. I don't know. But we've got this opportunity. Make sure you're ready. Brother Brown, my pastor knows I'm here. Pastor Roy Grant. We are here with his blessing. And I'm under his covering, the covering of my precious husband. God gave me a gift. The most wonderful gift. And I'm just so very blessed and thankful. And you get to hear from him on Wednesday. And I'm under your covering. I submit myself to you today. Will you turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke? And I'd like for you to stand one more time because just because you got all settled in, you thought you were done, didn't you? This is, this is really good for our flesh after we're settled in to stand one more time. To honor the word. It's nothing more important than this book right here. Luke 4 and chapter, or chapter 4 and verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The mission of the church. Any problem that anyone has when they come in these doors is mentioned here. It's covered here. Under one of these things. This is what we are sent to do. If you have a need today. We've sung about miracles this morning. You have a need. Today is the day. For your need to be met. For God to meet you here. You don't have to wait. Well I've been waiting a long time. Okay well today's the day. I have lived long enough in 30. It'll be 32 years of full time travel. In March. To see blind eyes open, deaf ears open, tumors fall to the ground, demons cast out, cancers healed. I have seen it with my eyes. I'm not going to tell you stories other people told me. I've seen it. I know what God can do. And even more than that, what he has done for me. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Well, how does that happen? You worship him. He comes in and you believe. Someone with a call, a plea, Lord, please, I need your help. Acknowledging him, today's your day. You may be seated. Today, we're going to have a good time, and I'm going to present to you a message the Lord gave me. I am a storyteller. I minister in stories, things that have happened. What I'm going to tell you today really happened, and it happened to me. It's not a pretend story. It's not a story I read somewhere else. It happened to me. The name of my message today is Get Off of the Devil's Ferris Wheel. Get Off of the Devil's Ferris Wheel. 
Lord, I bind every spirit of man or of Satan that would come against your word right now. I bind confusion and distraction. And I lose peace right now. Peace on every baby, on everyone in the building. I bind doubt and unbelief. And I lose truth today. I bind the spirit of fear. And I lose faith right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you're getting ready to do. In Jesus' name. Get off the devil's Ferris wheel. I told you, I think the last time I was here, that I was born into a family that my mother and father were done having children. They did not want anymore. They had a beautiful 12-year-old daughter, a princess. They had a 6-year-old princess. Their house, their, the dog, the picket fence, it was all done. And then they said, we don't want any more. They shook hands with my sister and said, there won't be any more. You're the caboose. You're the baby. My mom was almost 41 and my dad was 48. And then, surprise! They got a surprise, and that was me. And I didn't come into the world quiet. I came into the world with attention deficit disorder, with hyperactivity, before they had pills. And so, needless to say, it it was a a big surprise. My sisters were not always real fond of me and uh, getting into their things and their world and their life and their place. And and it was rather difficult growing up because my parents had checked out. They were done raising kids. So I kind of raised myself. I didn't turn out so good. That's probably why. I kind of raised myself. And uh, it was a wonderful thing, though, to have the relationship I had with my dad. I really believe I have a wonderful relationship with the Lord today because whether we realize it or not, we view the Lord like we view our earthly father. And that's something you have to battle your whole life if you had a very abusive or a neglectful earthly father. You need to be aware of that because that will make you view God that way when you're not even realizing it. But my dad was very, very good to me and loved me and I was his baby girl and his you know, his pal. And, and I'll never forget one morning he came and sat on the side of the bed on a Saturday morning and he said, we're going to spend the day together, just you and I. I don't have to work today. Most time he worked two jobs to support our family so mom could stay home. And we didn't see him a lot. And he said, I, I have the day off and your mom and sisters are going shopping and, and I'm going to take you, just you and I. Eat your breakfast, get dressed. I was just little. I was about five. And so I hurriedly got ready, and of course the questions came. Where are we going, Dad? What are we doing? What, what are we going to do today, Dad? And, and he said, you'll find out. You'll, you'll find out. You know, it would be a great thing if every morning we say, okay, Jesus, what's happening today? Could you give me a clue? Am I going to have a flat tire? Am I going to get fired from my job? Am I going to be betrayed? Or is it going to be a day of blessing? I'm going to check in the mail. Lord, could you just tell me? Prepare me. No, you just have to wait. It's a surprise. So I got in the car, and... That was back in the day. Now, you're not going to believe this. This is going to blow your mind. You stood in the middle of the front seat with your arm around your dad's neck. And you lived. They didn't have seat belts. And so that was, that was my place. In, in, or if you got real sleepy, you laid up in the back window on that carpet with all the dead flies. Anybody remember that? And fall asleep? Yeah. They didn't have seat belts. And so I was standing in that front seat with my arm around my dad's neck. Where are we going, dad? Right in his face. Where are we going? Where are we going? And finally, he would not answer, but we drove into the parking lot of some place I had never been. It was a fair 
a carnival in town. And the first thing I saw was the Ferris wheel. Up in the air, the, the lights, the, the sounds. I, the minute you open the car door, you could smell those sm- frying grease. Frying Oreos, frying everything. Oh, man, just me and dad. And, and dad said, just, just wait a minute. Don't, don't move too quick here. We got we to park the car. And, and I mean, I'm, getting, I'm ready to jump out because it's going to be so fun. We got inside the gate of that fair. And the moment we stepped inside the gate, I took off running. I ran as fast and hard as I could. And I made my way to the Ferris wheel. And I got in line. I said, come on. Come on, Dad. Come on. Dad wasn't very happy because I ran ahead and he couldn't really catch me. <laughs> Told you I was born late in life. He finally got up with me. He said, don't do that. I could lose you in this place. Don't, don't run away from me. Stay close to me. Stay close to your heavenly father. Quit running away from him. Stay close. He's, he wants to protect you. That, that's how we get lost when we run away. Dad chastised me. And I said, well, I'm sorry, Daddy, but I just want, I want to ride this, okay? Okay, all right, but come with me. Dad took my hand, and, and I, I wasn't very happy. I already had a place in line, and people were lined up behind me. And, and my dad said, come with me. And he took my hand, and he led me away from what I wanted to do. He said, come with me. Well, but, Daddy, where are we going? I want to ride that first, Dad. He said, come with me. Dad led me away from what I wanted to do to a little white house. There was a little white house with a little window. And there was an old man in there that looked like he hated children. And there's a line, already a long line. And we have to get at the back of that long line. And I'm looking back at the Ferris wheel. And I'm puzzled. And I said, Dad, I don't want to go see the, the man in the window that doesn't like kids. He said, just stand in line. Just wait with me. Well, I was swinging on the handrail and uh, doing everything I could find to do, picking up gravel off the ground and, and, and all of that. And finally, it took forever, we got up to that window. And, and my dad stood up at that window and I was watching. And finally, the man in the window smiled. And I realized that it wasn't that he didn't like kids at all. And he was a very nice man. But I didn't know because I'd never been to the window. Dad took out his wallet. And he laid his money up on the counter. All that he had in his wallet. And he said, I want as many tickets as I can get for this amount. That was very common when you were older. And as a child, you, you would lay your money on the counter and say, give me 25 cents worth of candy. That's how they did it. I want as many tickets as I can get for this amount. I am so curious. I'm watching as the man in the window takes something out and he begins to count. And he's counting off these little tickets. And he finally gets a long string of tickets. And he hands them through the window to my dad. My dad begins to fold them and very neatly and... Before he could get them folded up, I grabbed them. I don't hold them. Dad said, no, you're not going to hold them. You'll probably lose them. These, These are valuable. We need these. I watched my dad fold them real nice and neat and put them in his shirt pocket by his heart. Curious 
What are those four? You see, you can't ride without a ticket. You're not going on that final ride to heaven if you don't have a ticket. And you better make sure today you have not lost your ticket. That your ticket is the closest thing to your heart. Protected. Because if it's laying in a drawer at home so you can do whatever you want, you may not have it in your hand when Jesus comes. We lined up at that Ferris wheel and we waited a very, very long time. And I understood finally about the ticket that we couldn't get in line for the ride without one. I began to comprehend as a child that was necessary. We weren't going to get on there without a ticket. I understood that the man in that white house is not scary at all. And a lot of people don't want to come to the ticket booth. Every weekend in my life, I'm somewhere. I'm usually in about 53 churches a year. And when I give that altar call and the music plays and I say, come this way, there are people that run that way. Why? Because they don't want to face the man in the ticket booth. The one that can give them a ticket. They're going to run the other way because their concept of God is messed up. What you'll find is a loving Savior, a heavenly Father, a Father that takes out his wallet and lays it on the counter and says, I'm going to give all to buy your ticket. All you have to do is come and get it. It's already paid for. It cost him everything. It cost his blood on the cross to buy your ticket. And he grieves when you walk out the door without making sure you have a ticket. We lined up and, and, and there was a man by the ride. And, and when we got up close, it seemed like it took forever. And it does seem like forever. The Lord said he was coming back and he hasn't done it yet. And, and a lot of people, they, they just use that to soothe their conscience. I said something about the coming of the Lord to someone the other day. And they said, yeah, and they've been saying that for years. Didn't they say that when you were a baby, when you were a child? Well, all that means to me is, is that it's even closer. And I'll tell you right now, since I was born, there's never been a time like we're living in right now. Everything is upside down and anything could happen at any moment. And not only is Jesus coming back for the church, but there may be a time we can't ever come back in these doors again. This could be the last Sunday. There may be a time there'll be a rope across there. Police will put something up and you won't be able to get in. How would we act today if we knew? That could come at any moment. It's happened in all other countries. Got our tickets. Dad said, now you see, it's our turn. You see that little red mat? You have to step up on that little red mat. And then the seat is going to come behind you. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to lift you up on that seat. And so just all you have to do is be obedient. Stepped up on that mat. And, you know, even as an adult... I don't know about you, but I, I get nervous when the seat's coming up behind me. When, you, when there's pressure. Everybody's watching you. You've got to do something real fast. Most people, adults won't admit that. I mean, I'm like a nervous wreck. How am I going to be able to get in the seat? And there it came. Dad was right. But you know what? It didn't come until the man put out his hand. He didn't want me to say praise the Lord. He was waiting for the ticket. You're not riding without a ticket. The Bible says, Jesus will say, depart from me. You never had a ticket. 
I never knew you. You didn't have a relationship with me. You lost your ticket in a mud puddle. Oh, yeah, you kept dressing up and coming to church, but you didn't have a ticket. That's when all the sorting is going to come about. We're going to look around and say, what? They they were doing this and they they were teaching and they were singing and they were at prayer meeting and they didn't have a ticket. We're going to be shocked when we get there. The people that didn't really have tickets. Only you know if you have a ticket. If it's near your heart. If it's a home in a drawer so you can do what you want. (laughs) There we were. Dad handed the man the ticket. You know, it wouldn't have done a bit of good for me to say, well, well, can I ride because my dad's riding? You're not going to heaven because your dad's going. Because your mommy's going. Well, but I'm a really good girl. Can I ride since I'm such a good girl? I'm a, I'm, I'm a good kid. You're not going to heaven because you're good. Well, I don't really have any sins. I don't, I don't you know, I'm, I'm living a, a good, clean life. That's not enough. You've got to be saved. You have to have a ticket. Here's your ticket. We handed him our tickets and we were able to get on the ride. The seat came up behind me and my dad lifted me up and sat me on that seat. And just as he did, it went up towards the sky and a big bar came down over top of us. The man came with the bar and locked it. You could hear it lock in place. The bar came down across us and I was just five years old and I'm so excited that I'm leaned all the way forward and I'm rocking because that will rock. And my dad says, stop rocking. Sit back. Because parents ruin everything. He said, it'll rock itself. Sit back. But you know why parents ruin those kinds of things? The same reason why you and I have to have boundaries. And we have to have a pastor that preaches holiness. And preaches the word. And teaches us how to get to heaven. Because we have to have that safety bar that will lock in front of us. That will keep us from falling. Dad said, you're, you're little. You could slide right out under that, that bar. The seat is slippery. And, and you're small. You've got to sit back. My dad put his arm around me. And his other hand on top of my little hands. He wasn't going to let me rock. He wasn't going to let me not hold on or, or get too loose in there. Because he knew the danger. Don't go home and say, well, why did pastor talk about that? Because there's a safety bar. He's trying to get you to heaven. He's telling you what the word says. Oh, that, that Ferris wheel was going up in the sky. It's going higher and higher. And oh, I'll never forget the feeling. It was so wonderful. Just me and my dad. My dad was always so careworn because he worked so hard and so many jobs. And, and he really didn't laugh a lot or smile too much. And, but today, dad is laughing out loud because we're going through the air. It's like when you first come to God, you repent. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You speak with other tongues. You don't care what anybody thinks. And you go out just laughing and, and full of joy. And, and the problem is we don't remain that way it ought to be that ride with jesus all the time every day the joy of the lord is my strength hallelujah we're just we're just having a great time and the ferris wheel goes higher and then when it gets up there i had the feeling for the first time of when it goes down and your stomach comes up in your mouth feels so great there's nothing like it 
And, and I couldn't wait to do it again. I mean, it's so wonderful serving the Lord. There's nothing like serving Jesus. Hallelujah. It'll give you joy when things are impossible all around you. When you need a miracle, when things aren't good, you can still have joy. Hallelujah. We're going around and around. We're laughing. We're having a great time. Just like when you're walking with the Lord, you're serving the Lord. Everything is great. You know, you came to the altar and you repented and you got rid of all of those spirits that had you bound. The, the things that you're addicted to, the things that you know aren't right. And the pastor prayed for you and you were delivered and, and, and you were set free and life is good. Just you and Jesus now. You're walking with the Lord. We're going around and around and around. And I verified when the Lord brought this back to my mind, the, the details of this story with my family, with my mother. And we hear a sound. The sounds you do not want to hear when you're on a ride. You don't want to hear clanking of chains, bolts coming loose. You don't want to hear cables snapping. I mean, I don't believe you're ever any closer to God than when you're strapped in upside down on that roller coaster at the top of the hill. You're closer to God then than any other time. Because you're saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I should have never got on this thing. Please forgive me. If you get, it, get me off of this thing, I'll live for you. I've heard grown men scream, Mama. Because it's terrifying. It's supposed to be because it's fun. I mean, you don't want to hear those sounds when you're on a ride. Even the most mature adult male will look around and see if all the cables look okay. That's not the sound we heard. The sound we heard is another sound you don't want to hear. Remember I was talking about how your, your, your stomach comes up in your throat and you feel so great? Well, then when you go down, it goes back down. But some people, it doesn't go back down. The only way to find that out is to ride a ride once. How many of you have had that experience and you, you just can't do it? It's okay. Some people just can't do it. There's probably about eight or nine in here that raise their hand. They're not ashamed. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Because they experienced it. Equilibrium gets off. Throws the body off. Ruins their day. Why go to Disney World? Ruin your whole day. They're not going to do it. Dad and I are having fun. We're, we're, we're going around and around. And Dad's got me. He's got his hand over my little hand. His arm around me. We're flying through the air. We're, I'm counting because, I mean, six times is all you get. And I'm counting. And on about the fourth time around, I hear a sound. A sound you should only hear. From your own self in the restroom with the door shut. There is a little girl with her mother. She's above us. And she made that sound. And there it came. Through the air. If you're weak stomach, then start thinking about balloons and birthday parties or something right now. I'll try to be gentle. It came down in my pigtail, down my little white t-shirt, and worst of all, across my dad's hairy arm. 
I believe her mother realized at that moment she should have never fed her chili dogs before allowing her to ride the Ferris wheel. All of a sudden, a beautiful sunny day with just me and my father going around and around laughing and everything great became a nightmare. Oh, yes, we're going around and around. Life continues. Yes, we are with somebody else's yuck all over us. And nothing we could do about it. I am screaming and screaming. I was screaming in delight before. Now I'm screaming in fear and disgust. And not only am I screaming, but my dad is hollering. There's no self-control here at all because I found myself in the middle of something awful. And you see, if you live long enough, you're going to be on this Ferris wheel and all of a sudden everything's going great. Just you and Jesus and life is good. And then one phone call, one doctor's visit, one thing happened, something came in the mail and all of a sudden you've got a mess. It's called life. What do you do about those times? It's easy to serve the Lord and come to church when everything's good. And that's the first thing people do. Well, pastor, I just got to get things together before I can come back to church. I mean, you know, I'm just in a mess. Things are a mess. Stop doing that. This is where you need to be when you're a mess. When things get at their worst. When you're hurting. When you're broken. When you're bruised. When somebody else's yuck is on you. When there's nothing you can do about it. This is where you need to be. My dad's arm was still around me. He never moved it. And for those of you that always blame God for everything, that wasn't dad's fault. He was there experiencing it with me. And when you find yourself mad at God and you're questioning God, and why did God let that happen? What you need to remember is his arms around you. He's holding you. He's weeping while you're hurting. He's weeping with you. He didn't cause it. Sin causes it. Our own sin, the sins of others, mistakes, life, but not God. God doesn't cause it. You start playing that card, you'll lose out with God. The devil loves it when you blame God. No, my dad was holding me. He was still there. He was weeping with me. And then dad said, now baby, stop crying. I'm going to take care of this. But how, Daddy? I mean, we're going around and around. How, Daddy? I'm I'm covered with this. It stinks. The sun is hot. It's awful. Dad pulls out his big handkerchief. He begins to wipe it off my face and out of my hair and off my little T-shirt. And he wads that thing up, wipes it off his arm. And and he wads it up and puts it behind him in the seat. He said, baby, I'm going to take care of you. Just, Just give me a little time. Some of you have stopped waiting on God. His timing is perfect. You have to give him a little time. It doesn't mean he said no. He's still working when you can't see. It's going to happen. Don't lose your faith. Keep believing. Some of you need to come today and claim it again. And say, remember God, when I asked you to do that and you promised me. Now I'm holding you to it, Lord. I'm believing you for it. I'm bringing it to you again. I'm not taking no for an answer. A little time. Sure enough, that. That thing started slowing down. Started slowing down. And daddy said, see, we're going to get off of here, baby. I'm going to take care of you. Okay. Okay, daddy. I'm, I'm calming down. 
And it's coming around. Dad says, see, they're letting all the people off. We see the little girl and her mama get off the Ferris wheel. When they got off that Ferris wheel, the little girl is crying and her mom has her arm around her and they're walking off down the midway and and we look at her and wouldn't it have been a silly thing if I had said, I hate that little girl. She threw up on me. I'm never forgiving her for that. God might forgive her, but I'm not because she threw up on me. There are those of you that have never forgiven people who put their yuck on you. You want to talk about it all the time. The, the husband that betrayed you. The wife that betrayed you and had an affair. Or, or, or your parents that were abusive. Or, or this uncle that molested you. You just want to go back there all the time. And rehearse it. Because you've never really let it go. Their yuck is still all over you. And you know what? If that little girl had walked off. And I had continued to hate her for what she did. She would have never even known it. it wouldn't have hurt her. It's only hurting you. The people you won't get together with at Christmas, you're so happy when some of them wouldn't come around because of COVID. You were just so happy this year. Christmas was quiet this year. We didn't have to face Aunt Zebedel. Think about it now. Somebody's yuck on you. It's time to put that stuff under the blood and forgive and put it behind you. And when you begin to forgive and you begin to say, Lord, I forgive my dad for what he did to me. I forgive my mom. I forgive my my ex-spouse. When you begin to forgive and you say those words, what you'll see. That little girl had somebody else's yuck on her. That father that didn't know how to be a father. It's because he was abused. Hurting people hurt other people. Broken people break other people. You become what you don't forgive. This is how it affects you personally. Because if you won't forgive your dad, you'll sit back and say, I'll never scream at my kids like that. I'll never. And you will. It'll come out of your spirit. You've opened your door door to your heart to those spirits. And they came rushing in. And you'll turn around and do the same thing to your children that was done to you. Or to others. Why are we dealing with this stuff this morning? Because we're trying to get ready. The Lord's coming. You got to get off the devil's Ferris wheel. Life does not have to belong to the devil. He doesn't have to be the God of your life that orchestrates your next move. Yes, bad things happen to all of us. But how you deal, how you cope, how you forgive, what you do in the midst of trouble is what makes you who you are. Hallelujah. It gets us ready for the coming of the Lord. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was broken. He was abused. He was misused. Are we better than Jesus? I'm going to get you off of there, baby. Don't worry. That little girl didn't mean for that to happen. Her and her mom are gone and everybody's getting off of there and And it's going around and around. And dad says, we're next, honey. We're next. The ride came down to that red mat. I'm already scooting. I'm ready. I I, I want to get this stuff off of me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And the strangest thing happened. It started back up again. And both of us just froze and we looked down and the man took out a big wad of keys and he walked over to a box that locks that ride and he turned that key in that box and walked off 
down the midway. And now my dad is screaming, help, help, you left us up here. Aren't you glad I moved the microphone? (laughs) He's screaming and I'm screaming and the man is gone and the ride is locked and we're one seat from the top. Dangling in the hot sun. Now you would think that someone would hear. We're we're both screaming at the top of our lungs. We're trying to get the attention down below. Somebody down here help me. Somebody hear our cry. We're in a mess up here. But all that we could hear and all that they could hear, not only was their own laughter and their own party going on down there, but step right up, five balls for two dollars, get one in the hoop and win the big one, popcorn, candy corn, step right up. I did that pretty good, don't I? I'm practicing in case I stop preaching. They could only hear what was going on in their own little world. And that's how you'll find the world when you need help. You might pay a counselor and you might get a little bit of help. But I'm telling you right now, your help is going to come from the Lord. There's too much noise going on down there in the world. You're going to find your help on your knees, in prayer, beseeching God, calling out to God. I'm sick and tired of people coming to me with their addictions and saying, you know, I, I, I made myself accountable to my pastor and I, I got some, some counseling because, you know, I've had a pornography addiction since I, since I was 10 and, and, and I, I just can't quit it. And no, you can't because it's stronger than heroin and it runs w- runways, w- roads in your brain. It changes your brain chemistry. And no, you can't do it by yourself. But what people want, they want somebody to counsel them out of it. I believe in counseling. I've had counseling. I believe in it. But essentially, any good counselor will tell you, you're paying me money to listen to your problem and to ask you all the right questions about how you're going to come up with your own answer. That's counseling. And it's a beautiful thing. It helps you think. But you can't counsel sin out. It it is not going to go because you... Because you surrendered your devices to your pastor and you said, I'm not looking at pornography anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And I went and got some counseling. And and then you're sitting back and you're hiding because you got a new device or you found another way. Because addictions always find another way. And what I'm trying to tell you today, you got somebody's yuck on you. Because if you're doing pornography, if you're you're taking drugs, if you're doing any of those things, you're self-medicating. You're self-medicating something in here that's broken. Somebody's yuck is on you. You may not even realize it. You may have pushed it down so far. You don't realize when it all began. But you're self-medicating because you need something to soothe that wound. But I'm telling you, I know people that have been delivered of every type of sin. And it happened the same way. Yes, surrendering devices, making yourself accountable only works. Counseling only works when you're ready. And that's after a deliverance in an old-fashioned altar. Getting on your face. Continuing in prayer and fasting. And reading the word after you long leave this building. Making up your mind, I'm not doing it anymore. Because I love Jesus and I want to be ready. Today's the day to get somebody else's yuck off of you. To get off the devil's Ferris wheel. Today's the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
don't fool yourself just because you got a ticket. Well, I got, I, I'm, I'm ready for heaven because I got my ticket. Oh, no. Your ticket might be in a mud puddle. Might be in a drawer. You're not ready just because you repented, you were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's just your introduction to Jesus. You got to learn to walk with Him. Be like Him. Holy. Working toward, we'll never be Him. But that thought ever in your mind, Lord, I want to be like You. I want to love people like You love people. I want to be like You, Jesus. I want to be holy because You're holy. I'd like for somebody just to come alone to the keyboard and give them some hope. I'm almost done. There we are. Going around and around. It's not stopping. Then we hang one seat from the top. Just dad and me. Sometimes in life you're going to feel like it's, there's nobody but you and Jesus. There's always a purpose in that. You come out from the other side of that trial. And you're going to realize I don't need anybody but Jesus. Everybody else is a blessing. But I can walk with him and just me and him. You see, he wants you to love him more than anything. Some of us wouldn't even like heaven if Jesus came right now. Because we're so addicted to video games. So addicted to our devices, our internet, our news. Fox News comes on the TV the minute you walk in the door or whatever news you watch, CNN, and it plays day and night because you're so interested in politics and what's going on in the world. Forget that stuff. We are not of this world. We have to live here right now, but we're getting ready to leave. Why would I worry? You can't believe one word any of them say. I don't care what party you're for. Makes no difference. You can't believe one word any of them say. They're full of devils. And God is taking the end and he's unfolding it. And whoever is in office is who he has said, I want that man in there for the end time. So quit getting mad when something happens. You're actually getting mad at God's decision because it's his big hand that's turning the pages. It's almost over. Quit wrapping your mind up in that junk. You don't need to know. You know what I found out? We don't, we, Brother Ben and I, we don't care. We don't know. So you're not relevant? Of course we stay relevant. You know how? Somebody's always going to tell you. We got our own personal news team. Everywhere you go, somebody tells you. So we can just go serve the Lord and, and live for Him and not worry about what's happening. Well, what if we, we probably ought to get some food stocked in and, and water and toilet paper, you know? Fear. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. You quit buying into the fear of the media. We're his bride. Is the husband going to say to the bride, I hope you starve to death before I come get you? No. Am I just a little too plain today? I'll tell you right now, it's not premeditated. It's the Holy Ghost. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. Quit worrying about tomorrow. Do something for Jesus today. 
tell somebody about him today? That Ferris wheel would never start up again. The man never came back. Daddy and I are hanging there at the top. Daddy says, baby, you see the support beam there at that metal that goes down on the side of this Ferris wheel? Yes, yes, daddy. It's kind of like a ladder. He said, we're not going to set up here anymore. The sun is burning you up and I got, I've got to get you off of here. It's getting late. What are you going to do, daddy? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to climb down that support. I'm going to go get some help. No, don't leave me. Oh, no, baby. Daddy would never leave you. Because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, but what you're going to do is, I'm going to scoot way over on the side, and I'm going to stand up, and this seat is going to rock. And you're going to hold on real tight. And, and I'm going to throw my leg over the side, and I'm going to grab a hold of this support beam that's going down the side. And then you're going to scoot all the way to the end. You're going to, you're going to have to trust me. Oh, that, things don't look good. You look at the news, it, doesn't, it, it, it does not look good. You're going to have to trust me. Oh, yeah, it's going to rock. It's going to get hot. But you're going to have to trust me. I'm going to make a way of escape. I told you I would. I told you I'm coming back. I'm going to make a way of escape. Said, and then you're going to stand up. Stand up, Daddy. Yeah, you're going to stand up. And you're going to hold on real tight. And yeah, it's going to move. And you're going to feel scared. But I'm going to have my hand on you the whole time. Church, it's time to stand. Oh yeah, it's going to continue rocking. But it's time to stand. What's sitting down? Somebody else will do it. Oh, we got to tell our world. Jesus is coming. I'm holding on. I, I finally pulled myself up on my, my little knees and got up to a standing position. And that thing is rocking and I'm terrified. And I'm holding on, but my dad's got me. He's got me. He's holding on with one arm and he's got me. He said, now baby, I want you to, I want you to throw your arms around my neck and bunch up my shirt in your little hands. I want you to throw your little legs around my waist and just hold on. I want you to bury your little face in daddy's chest. And just don't look down. I was five years old. I remember quite well the trauma of that little leap into daddy's arms but he had me I could hear his breath as he was struggling to climb down 52 years old climbing down that gigantic ferris wheel in order to rescue me I remember the moment when daddy's feet hit the ground and I cried and cried and he held me and he cried Because he knew how terrified I was. 
course, being a child. The beauty of children, they recover so quickly. I recovered long before he did. And I said, oh, can, can, can we go ride the, the roller coaster now? The whip and whirl, can we ride that? No, baby. What we have to do is get you cleaned up. Come with me. And, and we're going to go over here to this, this little table. You see the booth they have set up. And well, I was never allowed to go around those things because they had light up swords that were $15. Magic wands for 20. (laughs) Parents try to keep their kids away away from that table. But today, Dad said, come to the table. Come to the table. He said, pick out a little little shirt. Size small. I got a pink Mickey Mouse shirt. Thanks, Daddy. We walked straight to the restroom. He said, I want you to go in the ladies' restroom and I want you to to go in the sink and wash that out of your pigtail and wash your face and your hands real good, your arms and and your hands. And and then go into the stall and, and lock the door and take off that old nasty shirt and put on your new one. What do I do with the old one, Daddy? Throw it away. Throw it away. Some of you are still trying to wear old garments. Jesus gave you a new garment. Throw the old one away. I put it on and I I cleaned up and my pigtail was dripping and I walked out of that restroom and daddy was there all cleaned up and his his arm was all clean and and his shirt was clean and and we stood there side by side and I was grinning real big and I said, I like my, my new garment, my new shirt, dad. Now can we go ride a roller coaster? Daddy said, now come with me. I held daddy's hand and I knew he still had those tickets in his shirt pocket. I was talking a mile a minute. Dad, but remember you still got some tickets and I didn't get to ride that and I still want a corn dog and I want some cotton candy. Remember, we're going to spend the whole day because this is our day together and and, and dad, maybe they'll clean up the Ferris wheel and we can go back and ride it again later because that was really fun. I'm talking a mile a minute. Dad's not speaking. You ever just talk a mile a minute to God and he doesn't say a thing? He's like that sometimes. But boy, is he enjoying his child. Because he knows something you don't know, see. I begin to get real scared because dad's taken me to the exit. We're, we're, we're right at the exit. I can see our car parked out there. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost there to, to the exit and I'm frantic. I said, daddy... Daddy, I, I don't, I don't want to go home. This is our special day together, Dad. Finally, I, I just get quiet because it's inevitable. We're going to the car. We get to the exit. And my dad, in his infinite wisdom, and because Jesus knew I'd be delivering this to you today, he took my little shoulders and he turned me around. And he said, Baby, We're going to start this day all over. We're going to start this day all over. Somebody needs a fresh start. 
a brand new baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire. A brand new offering of repentance before the Lord. A brand new beginning. And you have it here today. All you have to do is come to the forward, to the ticket booth. All you have to do is just get over yourself. Just let lay pride down all the questions you have, all the fears. And accept that new beginning. There stood a little girl with a new garment on. With her father. Starting all over. Would you stand with me today? I felt before I arrived here. There's some of you are still battling addictions. Some of them are hidden. Some of them pastor knows about. And you feel terrible every time you slip back. Some of you are carrying the weights of the world. You're just simply crossing the line over into carnality often. It's time to stand and be the church. Shut off the media. Fast and pray. Get into the spirit world, into intercession. Let God come into your homes and take over. Instead of having God here and then God when you need him. And then a home and a work and an outside life. It has to be combined. It has to be all centered around him. Your walk with Him. If you can't watch it with Him there, if you can't do it with Him there, if you can't go to work where you're working with Him, then you're in the wrong places. You can't listen to it, then you shouldn't be listening to it if He couldn't be there with you. That old plastic bracelet, what would Jesus do? I hated it because the world made that seem like it's something just fun a rubber bracelet when in reality that is truth what would Jesus do would he watch that would he go there what would he do I feel very very strongly today that those dreams that those folks sent me today Jesus is at the door he's coming he's warning people all over the globe apostolic people are gathering together it is not a coincidence that I'm here today this is a God moment you need to get in the altar today I need to get in the altar today make sure we're ready you don't have the Holy Ghost, today's your day. You're going to receive it. I'd like for you to come out of your seats and stand. Don't kneel just yet. There'll be a time you can kneel, but first would you come and just stand and pack in closely so a lot of people can come. There are three layers to this message. Some folks need to repent. Simply repent. There are folks that need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Perhaps there's people that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The salvation layer. If you have not done those things, you must do those things to be ready, to have a ticket. The first layer is getting your ticket. The second layer is some of you have somebody's yuck on you. 
Oh, you're all dressed up. Nobody can see it. It's time to lift your hands once and for all and say, Lord, I forgive. I release them for what they did to me. Isn't that what Jesus did? His last act of ministry. He was hanging on the cross between two thieves. His last act of ministry. Why why was that ministry? Because one of them, they're both railing. They're both making fun of him. Hanging on the cross. He's hanging between them. And, And they're railing right along with the people. Making fun of him. But Jesus says, I'm going to win one of them. I hope I can win both of them. And he says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And man, one of those guys just kept railing and making fun. But the other, it caught his attention. Wow. If he can do that, the way they're treating him. See, we can be the church bigger, bigger than life in the eyes of people when we are mistreated and betrayed and abused. And we say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That guy turned and said, whoa, he must really be the Christ. Could I be with you? Could you take me with you to heaven? Jesus said, you're going to be with me in paradise. He wanted a soul hanging on the cross, basically. You understand what I'm saying? Get that stuff out of your life. Get it out of your heart. Forgive, release, let go. Some of it's not past stuff. Some of it's current stuff. Well, he didn't say the right thing to me. He didn't shake my hand. Dumb stuff. You know, when you won't forgive dumb stuff, it's usually because you've got big stuff already in there. Get the door open and clean out the big stuff and the dumb stuff won't bother you. If you love his law, great peace have those that love his law and nothing shall offend. You could say, I hate your orange flower. I think it looks dumb with your orange watch and your husband's orange dye. And you know what? You could not offend me. I'd say, boy, he just don't like orange. Ah, it's no problem. I do. You can't, what I'm trying to say, you can get to a place in your life and your walk with God that junk doesn't offend you but it's going to offend you until you get the big stuff dug out I had to get some some sexual molestation dug out first you're looking at somebody who's been delivered betrayal somebody says they'll love you forever and betrays you I'm not telling you to do something I haven't done myself but I had to do the work on my knees not in a counseling chair I had to do the work on my knees. Lord, I forgive. Don't lay it to his charge. Release me from it. You talk about getting somebody's yuck off of you. And living victorious. Then all the dumb junk doesn't bother you. You can't be offended. Once you're really set free from that. That's the second layer. The third layer. The Lord spoke to me when I came in here today. Some of you really need a miracle. There's healing in the house. It's already begun. The apostles walked by people and they were healed. That's the kind of anointing that's here today. So if you'll believe and you'll lift your hands and say, Lord, she doesn't know anything about what I need, but, but you do. And I've been asking you for my body to be healed, my mind to be healed. My emo- Some of you need to get off mind-altering drugs. Quit taking the Xanax, the Zoloft. God wants to heal your mind today. Or you won't need it anymore. Depression. 
anxiety. All you have to do is go in the doctor and cry and say, I have depression and anxiety. They don't want you to kill yourself and be liable, so they'll write you something. There's no testing of your brain to give you that. Now, please understand, I fully understand some people need it. I'm not addressing those people. And never just stop taking something, ever. But what I am saying to you is there are a lot of people, and there are people here, you are on mind-altering drugs because you need a healing of your damaged emotions. And once the Lord heals you, you won't need it anymore. I'm operating in the Spirit right now. I'm telling you what Jesus wants you to hear. Everything I've mentioned, it's, it's right here. You need salvation. You need to forgive others. You need to be set free. And you need healing. Mind, spirit, soul, and body. It's here. I want you to close your eyes. Lift your face. Raise both of your hands. And begin to use your voice. I want you to cry out to God. Cry out to God. You'll start out in English. You'll go into tongues. Some of you are going to be delivered. You're never going to go back to that addiction again. It's going to happen today. You've been asking God for deliverance. And here it is. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Now, when tongues come, open your mouth and speak with tongues. And speak with tongues loudly. Loudly. Use your voices. Use your voices.